something really interesting happened on Thursday. There was a storm and it moved a barge trapped above Horseshoe Falls for 101 years, closer to the edge. David, welcome to the show. Well, good morning. How are you? I am fantastic. Give us a story behind this barge. So the Iron Scow, which is the barge that you're referring to, was um, was grounded on the evening of August 6, 1918. Uh, so what happened was, was there were two gentlemen working on the barge up the Niagara River, and it became uh, loose and uh, moved its way down the river. Luckily, they were able to lodge it uh, about um, about 600 meters from the edge of the falls. So the barges remained there since uh, 1918. Uh, so the two men were rescued uh, very fortunately that uh, that day. And as I said, the the, uh, the scow or the iron barge has been staying there in that place uh, up until last Thursday night. I know that Niagara Park celebrated the 100th anniversary of the scow in uh, August 2018. They unveiled some panels that told the story. But for people that haven't been uh, to the falls as of, uh, you know, since since 2018. Tell us a little bit about that rescue, because apparently it was quite harrowing. It, it was. So again, the two gentlemen were, were stranded out there, and through great ingenuity, uh, they were able to get uh, a couple of lines out uh, to the boat, and a local gentleman named uh, Red Hill, a World War One veteran, actually helped uh, with that rescue. So what happened was that the lines that went out to the boat uh, became tangled. They were shot out of a cannon, is that right? Exactly. And so imagine in 1918 trying to get uh, a line out across the uh, the Niagara River about halfway out. Uh, so we have the uh, the Toronto Power Hydroelectric Power Generation Plant, which was operating at the time, uh, now decommissioned. So from there, used a cannon to shoot the lines out uh, to, uh, to the uh, barge, and then they dramatically rescued uh, the two gentlemen uh, during the, uh, the course of the day. Wow, that's amazing. So how far away from the edge of Horseshoe Falls was the barge, and where is it now? So roughly it was about 600 metres originally. It's moved about 60 metres, 50 to 60 metres northwest. Uh, so it's still quite a ways up from the, the edge of the falls. Nonetheless, that was the first time it had shifted. So it actually sort of rolled and moved about 50 to 60 metres northwest. And what accounts for this? Just a, a stronger flowing river or winds or do we know why it moved? Well, I think a few circumstances came to a head last Thursday night. Of course, ironically, it was Halloween. But uh, so over time, the barge has been rusting. It's made of iron. So we think that uh, there's been some deterioration over the last number of years, significant deterioration. Uh, and then, of course, we had high water levels on Lake Erie, which meant high water level on Niagara River, and then coupled with very high wind and gusts of wind that happened uh, Thursday night. So I think that the combination of those three things uh, led to the shifting of the boat. Did you anticipate that this boat would move, or was this a big shock? It was a big shock, a big surprise. I was down uh, fairly early on Friday morning at our Table Rock Complex, which is just at the edge of the Horseshoe Falls, and of course staff were coming up to me saying, have you seen the scow, have you seen the scow? And I said, no, not yet. And of course from Table Rock, it didn't look like it had shifted that much, but going back to where Toronto Power is and seeing, uh, just sort of looking directly across from the, the scow, it was very evident that it had noticeably shifted. Well, 60 meters is quite a shift. I mean, I know you said it's 600 meters from the uh, the edge of the Horseshoe Falls, but is there any plan to dislodge it in a controlled way, you know, before Mother Nature gives it another shove? Not at this time. Uh, it would be fairly dangerous to do some work uh, where it is right now. We're going to continue to monitor the, the condition of the uh, of the scow. Um, if it were to go over the falls, there's two scenarios. One, it could become lodged at the base of the falls. There's quite a bit of uh, rock in that area. 
or if it were to continue down the river, we could do a better uh, recovery operation down below in the lower basin. But I think it's going to stay there for the foreseeable future. We are going to, as I said, monitor it. We'll, we'll put some uh, cameras on the Toronto Power Building to uh, keep an eye on it. Uh, we also have the Niagara Parks Police who continue to monitor as well. I was wondering what would happen to the uh, boats that you know take tourists mm. into below the falls, in the Horseshoe Falls. But I would imagine they wouldn't be running in a weather situation where that scow could become loose and, and threaten them. Exactly. Actually, on Friday, because of the high water levels uh, on the upper river, which then led to high water levels in the lower basin, both operations had ceased uh, during that uh, during the day on Friday. They did operate during the weekend, and certainly Niagara Parks Police had notified both May of the Mist on the U.S. side and Hornblower Niagara Cruises on the Canadian side that the scow had shifted and that we were monitoring it. So you're CEO of Niagara Parks. Are you in charge at all of what's going on during the holiday season, those lights starting at... Uh, <laughs> At the falls? Yes, we work very collaboratively with the Winter Festival of Lights, the Ontario Power Generation Winter Festival of Lights. That kicks off on Saturday, November the 16th, and it will continue right through to January the 12th. Uh, and most of the lights are in Niagara Park, so both in Dufferin Islands along the parkway up to Clifton Hill. There's also light activations up in the tourist areas in Niagara Falls, so it's a, it's a, it's a tremendous illumination festival. Is there any kind of theme or any kind of details you can give us, uh, you know, for people that have never seen the uh, lights show? What we're very excited about this year are the number of interactive light displays that we'll have. So we've got illuminated teeter-totters. We'll have a swing set called Play, uh, so people can uh, uh, get out of their cars, enjoy the festival, interact with these different light displays. We have over 20 interactive uh, lights that are along the, the parkway uh, and in Dufferin Islands. I, I imagine that you're basically this interactive light display will encourage people to promote what's going on at the falls uh, on their social media accounts. And how much business do, does this light show bring into the uh, Niagara region? Well, the annual economic impact, and there's a, a study done by Enigma Research uh, each year, and it's been growing over the last uh, five years with substantial growth. Last year was over $90 million economic impact uh, from the festival. And it's, it's important on a lot of levels, but I'll say one key thing is that it extends the tourism season into the winter months. So it keeps people uh, working in the tourism industry uh, during that time frame. It drives overnight stays in Niagara Falls. And uh, it's, a, it's a tremendous way to uh, showcase uh, what, what's going on in the, um, in the attraction, in, in the destination, rather. November 16th, everything kicks off, and it wraps up when? Uh, November, uh, sorry, January the 12th. Wow, that is, the, that is an extended season. How many people do you expect to come out and take a look at the lights at the falls? It'll be well in excess of a million uh, visitors will come through that two-month period, uh, and uh, we're, we're ready for them. Any idea of, you know, any, anybody throwing out the idea, let's, uh, let's light up the barge? <laughs> uh, not yet. Now, we'll be illuminating Toronto Power Building. So, again, just, just opposite uh, the SCOW, we illuminate the falls every night year-round. The Niagara Falls Illumination Board uh, takes care of that. We're part of that as well. So there's lots of uh, lighting that goes on. And, and the last plug, I'll say, the New Year's Eve celebration with Brian Adams headlining and Walk Off the Earth, a great Canadian lineup. Uh, that's another key uh, event that's taking place during the holiday season. I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for joining us, David. Thank you so much. David Adames is CEO of Niagara Parks, just giving us a little heads up on what's going on with this barge. It was trapped above the Horseshoe Falls 101 years ago. Hasn't moved since until Thursday. Halloween night moved 60 meters. It's kind of just resting there, but the reality is uh, it's not a threat right now. So they'll keep an eye on it and continue to monitor that. Monitor that. But I thought that's kind of an interesting Canadian story. I say blow that sucker up. I, I don't want that thing hanging around there. I know that it's probably pretty safe and everything, but 
we don't need a, extra things hanging around there that could cause trouble down I've, the road. I've said this before. You're a guy that uh, puts out great ideas occasionally. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Think about that as a tourism opportunity. That's right. Watch us blow the barge up. Once in a lifetime, we're going to blow this thing up. It's going to be huge. We're going to have Brian Adams playing live. <laughs> walk off the earth. How about walk off the edge of the falls? We're blowing it up. <laughs> it's Global News Radio 640 Toronto.